Hello and welcome to Weave Spawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing a slightly different one. This is going to be more of a Halloween special. Yes, I know when this comes out, it is not Halloween, but unfortunately... Our next one is an anime podcast, so you're just going to have to deal with this being a little earlier (laughs) than normal. Yeah, but our anime episode that comes out really close to Halloween is a little more on the spooky side, so that'll work out nicely for that. Don't you mean spooky? Yeah, so it's a little more on the spooky (laughs) side. Yeah. So, for this episode, we're going to take some time to talk about some really fantastic horror games and anime. And the ones that kind of have left a lasting impression on us. And there's a pretty wide range here. We're not going to go super in-depth on each game and anime. We're just kind of going to skim the surface, talk about the style of horror, what it was going for, maybe some of the things that really stuck out to us, like maybe creatures or the type of scare that it has in it and we're just gonna go through the list and see where that gets us so i guess we can get started on this and just for a little reference a lot of these not all of them are going to be relatively short animes or games that's kind of why we wanted to do this because one there's only so many podcasts we can fit in one month for the whole spooky season but then as you see with some of the games we mentioned, there's not enough to cover for like a full podcast. So we were kind of thinking like, well, we want to talk about these because it fits Halloween and we actually really enjoy these games or animes, but we don't know how to incorporate them. So that's kind of what this little bit is. So that's why some of these are going to be relatively short and it's going to be a kind of a different style than I guess what we normally do. But we hope you enjoy it regardless. Yeah, like, because normally we do the intro where I tell you a little bit about the game and the developers and stuff like that. But we're not really going to get into that too much just because these are short. There's not a whole lot to talk about. And we want to focus on the game itself rather than a little bit of behind the scenes. So starting us off, I would like to mention Corpse Party. Now, if you're a horror fanatic with anime or anything in general, I'm sure you've at least heard of Corpse Party. I'm not sure exactly what one, because I've seen a couple. There's ones that are only like four episodes long. There's an OVA, and I think that's it, unless there's another one out there. But the one I watched was only a few episodes. It's kind of short, sweet, and to the point. So if you don't know what Corpse Party is... It's a group of high schools decide to go to this. I don't. Okay, so I don't know if it's actually quote unquote haunted, but the premise is there was an elementary school and there was numerous deaths of the faculty and the students, so it got shut down. Well, then it got like torn down and then rebuilt upon with a new school because you know that's always a smart thing to do. Kind of cliche little set up i guess so they're at this high school or yeah i think it's middle school not high school 
But anyways, they are telling like these ghost stories and there's they had this like little piece of paper. And what you're supposed to do is everyone in a group holds on to the paper. You say some chant, you rip it. And then that's like the whole ghost story, like something's supposed to pop out. Well, they do that and then they end up transported somewhere else, which ends up looking like the old elementary school that was torn down. Now, these ones, as they're in there, one of the rules of this like game they do is in order to get back, you have to find everyone, chant the thing again with your paper, and you get transported back. So when they get transported to this new school, everyone's separated. And of course, there's ghosts. There's these like, I don't know, like zombie creature type things. And they all are basically trying to kill all these kids. Now, a lot of them do die. So if you're not afraid of like gore or whatever, a lot of them do die. Some of them in rather gruesome details. And towards the end, when like the main character and couple of his friends finally get towards the end you think oh yes they finally escape everyone they're holding hands and they're all have this piece of paper and they chant and then you're like oh they made it they they at least all made it safely at the very end you see a little picture of these two girls holding an arm each because apparently the boy traded papers with one of the girls because one of the girls lost their paper and he said his was fine. Well, the whole course is, is like, you have to have the same paper. So because of that, he didn't get transported back. And then nothing else is really said about it. That's kind of how it ends. So it's a neat little gruesome horror short little anime if you're into that. Yeah, this is one that I've never actually watched before. So this is my first little synopsis of it. And this, it Would you agree that it seems more like on the um thriller side of things where there's like your classic horror where there's your zombies or your ghosts and they're kind of like avoiding them like kind of are they kind of being hunted down in this scenario or what's the exact premise do they just have to try to make it out alive yeah it's pretty much it's more of a slasher i would say mm. because oh, that's it's the word slasher yeah yeah so as I mentioned, they get teleported back. And as I'm ta- saying this, I'm starting to remember little details. Because I know the main character, his primary thing was like to find his little sister. Because his little sister was part of the group. And so everyone got transported. And they're all trying to get back together. Because the rule of the game is you have to get back together. Well, obviously, all these ghosts and whatever, they're like, oh, you're a living person. You're not supposed to be here. And... They have no mercy. They see you, they're going to kill you. So it's more of a like slasher-type horror. Nice. I might have to check that one out, because I like the slasher types, and if it's an anime that's not afraid of shying away from gore, it's definitely something I'm going to be into. I mean, there's one scene where a girl is literally dragged across the floor, you see the blood, and then her head just gets like explodes against a wall because the ghost can obviously go through walls and she can't and they they're dragging her and then they go through the wall and you just like you hear the loud thud (laughs) and then just like splat nice and it's really short (laughs) it's like only like i said i think it's only like four episodes so it's a nice little thing oh wow real short 
Yeah, that's why it's like, it's kind of like straight to the point. It's like they get transported, they get hunted down, and then the end. So it's a nice little short one. Nice little binge session. You can get it done in an hour and a half. And it's kind of nice because like if you need to fit like the horror theme for like Halloween, if you don't want to watch like a scary movie per se, but you can have like this little binge watch of a horror anime. Nice. Now... With your whole, they get transported to this world, it made me, it actually leads to a good segue of one of the games I want to talk about, which is Silent Hill Homecoming. No. Be- oh, man. Okay. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> so, like with Corpse Party, you said they get transported to this other world where they're avoiding these creatures, these ghosts. So, Silent Hill Homecoming, and this is just a fun fact that I had to let out there because we have to have one fact this episode. This game was actually released on my birthday, September 30th. Uh, that has no relevance to why I like this game, but it's just fun. So it's all about a man named Alex Shepard. He returns home from war to find out that his town has basically turned into a living hell. And his younger brother is now missing. And his, his town basically turned into a ghost town. It's all foggy and there's nobody in sight. And he has to solve these puzzles and search for clues in order to find out where his brother went, all while avoiding these demons and monsters that hunt him. And this game is what got me into horror games, just because it's so captivating. It just keeps pulling you in. And it adds this like double dynamic of when you're exploring the world, you're going through this town that's full of fog, and there's some creatures. But... As you're exploring, the town changes every so often as you progress, and it turns literally into a parallel world where there's these even more creatures and monsters that want to hunt you. And it's, it's hell, basically. So these creatures are very humanoid in ways, but they're twisted and corrupted, and they're just terrifying in every way imaginable. But, geez, it's just thrilling because as you're traveling through the town certain things crawl out from cars under crawling out from sewers and you're always on your toes because you don't know where they're going to come from next and you you turn a corner and there's this nurse that's standing at the end of the hall and like twitching and everything and you're trying to be really quiet going by her and she jumps out and starts slashing you and then more nurses appear it's just a game that's really captivating and really gorgeous and i think it does really well in the horror scene not to mention the risk of running into pyramid head which (laughs) is always a constant thought and it's just absolutely terrifying because he's this mammoth of a man with a giant metal pyramid on his head with dragging around this giant ass sword ready to chop you in half can't get enough of it i was about to say you can't mention silent hill and not talk (laughs) about pyramid head Yes, he's iconic. I think he makes an appearance in every single game and the movies. He's a classic. He's pretty much like, I I guess you could say, kind of like the mascot of Silent Hill. Yeah, absolutely. Which is funny because he probably has the least screen time out of like everybody. Oh, absolutely. Like, And he just has this fear factor because he shows up like five minutes every game and you're like, oh, fuck, I need to run. But yeah, you're facing so much other constant danger but pyramid head's the one that sticks with you before i move on to one of my games i do want to mention is i remember one of 
my scariest moments with Silent Hill came neither from Pyramid Head nor any of the monsters. What actually scared us was a freaking wheelchair. <laughs> so this game does so well with how you said the constant fear of like Pyramid Head coming to you that I don't think I was even the one playing the game. I think Cameron was I, I at the time. I think Cameron was playing, yeah. And we're all watching them, and he's just going down this long hallway. We start hearing a noise, and we're like, what is that? We get to this staircase, and this wheelchair, nothing, no monsters, no nothing in it. This wheelchair just falls down this flight of stairs. Literally, all of us jumped. <laughs> There's probably from some a- screaming involved, too. It was... Yeah, from a freaking wheelchair. Like, I don't know what factor of this actually was the scariest part it may have been we were waiting for a creature and then a freaking inanimate object starts moving at us i don't even know it was just absolutely terrifying like i said i think it's just the build-up and being the anxiety we all had and then a lot because it was kind of a loud noise compared to what everything else was so i think it just everything mixed but i always get a laugh looking at it back that how that entire game one of the scariest things is a wheelchair (laughs) yes that was i love that memory too just because of how stupid it makes us look and going off of that from something a little less recent i think everyone has played it because god when did it come out early not maybe mid 2000 i don't think early probably like oh it was some Mm, I don't know. Maybe like I feel like 2007. Really? I, like I thought because I remember we played it in high school. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. The game I'm talking about is the one, the only Slenderman. If you have not ever played this game, I highly recommend it. The game itself probably lasts like 10, 15 minutes. If like you can survive that long, it can be really short. And the only real objective is to collect these pictures in the forest while avoiding Slenderman. You're like a camera guy who woke up in this forest and you have a flashlight that's only limited. And does it... Fl- oh god, now I'm sorry. The flashlight doesn't actually scare him off, right? No, it just gives you sight, basically. Yeah, so there's really no way of... like fending him off you just have to run and hide ish because he will always find you and it's just more of a like you're trying to speed run this game there's really nothing to do it's just a dark forest you have a light you try to find seven pictures all while this man in a tuxedo and a white morph suit is chasing you yeah it's not even that good of a game honestly thinking about it but it has so much enjoyment and like jump scare value that it is a good game, if that makes any sense. Plus, it was always fun to get new friends to play and watch them <laughs> like be horrified for the first time. Even when you know like what Slenderman does, it's just that if you're not good with it, if you have anxiety attacks or anything like that, don't play this game at all. Trust me, because <laughs> I don't. I'm not prone to anxiety attacks, but even though I know it won't scare me. I still get so much anxiety because I know he's 
there like he's gonna come to you because whenever he gets near your screen will start getting fuzzy and so you start to panic even more and try to run until like it goes away and then it comes back and then oh it's just your anxiety just goes up and down it never goes away yes and every time you play because i don't think i've ever beaten the game because you have to collect all the all seven of these pages or throughout the forest you have to go find them but when you get to as you collect them he Slenderman gets more and more present and gets closer to you because you'll just see him appearing in the woods randomly and your screen goes staticky, making it show you, like, signify that he's in that direction, don't go there. And no matter what, you know how it works. You start to learn how he spawns. It's still scary because he'll just appear randomly. I don't know if it's random or not. But it seems that way. So you're running and all of a sudden, boom, he's there. You're shitting yourself and you're trying to run away. <laughs> it is just absolutely insane how simple this game was, but how long we played it for trying to beat this. I think one of the worst spots in that game is there's like this shower room, locker room type yes. building. And there's almost always a picture in there. Like you have to look through there. And... It's like you have to go there. I think the worst feeling is when you get there and you see Slenderman like out and you know you can't escape. So you literally just have to watch him slowly creep up on you. I think that is more terrifying Mm -hmm. than like just running into him or like your first time playing and you just kind of run it and then you just bump into him and that immediate jump scare comes. Yes. And the best play strategy is to always do the locker room last because it's a one way in one way out. So you go in, and if you go in before you have the last paper, like if the last paper's in there, then you're fine because you're going to collect and you're going to win. But if it's not the last paper, you're going to go in, and even if there is or isn't a paper, you have to turn around and walk out. And it's always terrifying because it's like, am I going to turn around and he's going to be standing in that doorway? It's awful. Or or it's also awful when you're like, okay, I'm going to go in here. Get the paper and get out. You go in, turn into one of the shower rooms, and he's standing there. It's like, oh, fuck, I need to run. It is great. And I don't know how the spawning in that game works, but it got me every time. All right, so moving on from Slenderman, though, we have another game that I really enjoyed called The Evil Within. They have two games, Evil Within 1 and Evil Within 2. Both are fantastic. But I think I liked Evil Within 1 a little more because there was more mystery involved because it's the same premise. And when you're playing the first one, you don't know that you're in this mind of somebody. So this game takes place in the mind of somebody else. You somehow get transplanted in there and you have no idea. Like You don't know that you're in the mind of somebody. You just know you're in this hellish world. And it's absolutely terrifying Because since you are in the mind of somebody, the creatures that you encounter are all humanoid. And I think that makes it a little bit more scary because it gives you that sense of reality that this could actually be real. On top of the graphics in this game were fantastic, so everything looks very realistic. So, as you're going through this, the creatures range from anywhere from a classic zombie-like creature to this mutated blob like human that's has multiple humans attached to him and it's chasing you and they're all dead set on destroying you the creepiest parts of the game aren't always just the the creatures though 
it's the settings you're in this village in some parts of it where it's just like this small little village it's really a cute little town if you think about it like you're walking around you're like man that could be a nice bed bed and breakfast over there like i could enjoy a nice cup of coffee but it's nighttime and of course it's not a pleasant nighttime there's zombies around you there's things that are burning to the ground it's like this could have been a really nice area but everything's coming to fuck you up and this game the creatures are just around every corner and as you progress through each map the creatures change there's one that has like this grudge like appearance but she has multiple arms and she spawns out of piles of blood so you don't always know where she's going to spawn and she'll just crawl at you in the most unnatural fashions unnatural fashion trying to get you and she's very fast and she has these claw-like fingers it's just not something you want to encounter and the jump scares in this game are great and they do chase scenes very well too because the transition from one scene to a chase scene is very seamless and you're trying to escape and then the transitions from because a lot of times they do transitions from these chase scenes into these creepy rooms and it gets you every time because after you have all this anxiety from the chase you're now in a room that's very eerie and empty and you're like what's going to happen next so they really draw out the anxiety in the player and really play on that and that's a really fun aspect to the game it almost re reminds me of like i think the movie's like the conjuring or whatever mm. Mm Hmm. yeah uh, i don't know actually i don't know if i've seen the conjuring i might be confusing with something else i haven't seen it in entirety but i've seen like bits and trailers of it and stuff like that and it just kind of reminds me of that how like the whole the creature follows you in like contorts different ways and everything like that. Yeah, I always find human-like creatures that are bending their body in weird-ass ways chasing me always gets my anxiety up no matter how – like no matter what the setting of the game is. If something's crawling at me in a weird-ass way, I'm out of there. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Get away from me. I don't like it. Definitely – <laughs> Oh, no, I was about to say, it definitely gives, even, like, playing a regular game or whatever, it definitely gives you goosebumps when you see something chase you that's not supposed to, you're like, your arm's not supposed yeah. to bend that way. Yeah, and this creature that I was talking about, the grudge-like one, she appears multiple times in the game, so once you kill her at one point, you're like, oh, good, I'm done. Like, I'm fine with this. She's gone. And then she appears again, it's like, what the fuck? Like, how many times do I have to kill you? Like, just stay down. And it's always, in, like, so creepy and anxiety-filled. But it's fun watching her burn to death, so that's great. Well, then, okay. <laughs> that uh, That's uh, good to know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she just sits there on fire, contorting in her weird ways. As long as she's not crawling towards me, the contortions are fine, especially if it's in fire. Burn! <laughs> burn it with fire <laughs> and now going from a game to a, another anime that's based off of a game which is i believe it's pronounced dangu rampa not 100 sure if i'm pronouncing it right i know there's like three or four of them but 
Oh, I can't even remember which one I read. I saw. I want to say it was the third one. I know there's an abridged series of it, and I know that probably doesn't help a lot of people, but that's the one I've seen. And From looking at the spelling, I th- I would pronounce it Danganronpa. Don't know how exactly how to actually pronounce that though. So any guesses as good as mine. I'm sure there's going to be a couple people who are mad that we're not pronouncing it correctly. But this was actually, I was going to say this was actually recommended to me not too long ago, and it's on my list. But it was in text message, so I didn't get a, a verbal um, pronunciation of it. So. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. <laughs> That's fine. That's, okay. That's fine. I'll probably if, watch it anyway. The easiest way to describe this would be the anime version of Saw. So it deals with a classroom of kids who all seem to have not really amnesia per se because they still know who they are they still know like everything about themselves except why they're in this school and throughout this school you have this mascot or person this teddy bear that's black and white and he's always trying to convince other people to kill one another like he wants basically to be a last man standing and throughout this if someone ends up dying he kind of like rewards people so it kind of gives you an incentive to like kill someone and the reason why he wants that is obviously there's no way out of this building it's all like under lockdown there's no way to bust through all these doors to get to the outside they're literally just trapped in this school and throughout the series there's like multiple murders happen and it's kind of like clue in a sense also where they're like i they get all together because this is all for the amusement of I'm, i think the teddy bear guy's name is maybe dangarampa i completely look forget it's been a while since i've seen this but they get into this meeting and they all discuss like oh who who killed who like who's the one that actually killed this person and then they state all the the main character always ends up stating all these evidence and he's like it's you because it's based off a game where you have to find evidence and then you're like oh it's you so you got to remember this anime is based off a game so it doesn't follow like the same kind of logic and so after each one when they get voted off the person actually gets killed so it's literally like when you get voted off and there's like different death scenes you can easily like youtube search the death scenes and see all the different like cut scenes and they're always kind of like iconic to the character itself like i I remember one where the guy is a star athlete a baseball player and the way he dies after he killed someone and they they're like oh it was you and he like admits it or whatever and next thing you know he's taken away he's tied to this stake instead of being like lit on fire he's pummeled to death with baseballs from a pitching machine yeah so if you're interested in seeing some of these like weird and kind of like saw like 
death scenes, definitely give it a try. So it's like it's just a mixture of kind of like Saw as as an anime with these death scenes, and then it's kind of like Clue, where it's like someone ends up killing someone in this room, and of course nobody has seen it, but then the main character is like, hmm, wait. But you see, this shelf was moved five inches, and the only person who could do it was you because you're six foot ten, and you're the only one that could reach it. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but it's it just goes like that. Um, it's a neat we, little thing to watch. Do we as viewers also see the death, or are we in the dark as well? No, we're in the dark as well. It will obviously end up showing you once mm-hmm. like it's been revealed, like how the person died and everything. And I, I'm, I won't say the ending. The ending is a nice twist. So I will leave that. I won't spoil that for you guys. So you guys can go and watch it. The reason why I also wanted to put it on this is, yeah, we could do an episode on it. And I'm not saying we can't in the future, even though I'm talking about it now. But it's an easy one to kind of discuss, too. Because, like I said, it's, the whole series is just finding out they're trying to escape but then these deaths happen so they have to figure out what deaths how these people are dying because they don't obviously want to die and it's just going along kind of of that of watching all these different people die and solving murders and everything like that it's kind of not linear but there's i guess not too much into it so with this show is it one that after the deaths happen, us as viewers are also kind of trying to put it together? Or is it one we're kind of just watching it unfold? You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure it's just you watch it unfold. Like, you see the... Because most of them are just, like, arguments that end up leading to deaths. Like, there's one... I could be remembering this from the game. I'm pretty sure the game mimics, or the anime mimics the game anyway. But there's one where a guy ends up hitting someone over the head with a dumbbell and kills him. And he obviously doesn't, he frames innocence at first, but then once it finally gets to him and he admits it, you you see a flashback of them talking and then you see him grab the dumbbell and just gotcha. whack him and kill him. So yeah, you just, they, they literally show you the scenes once everything's been figured out. Gotcha. Yeah, that seems like something I actually be interested in plus you said the ending's a nice twist so i'm definitely interested in watching that one too man now my list is just gonna keep growing (laughs) (laughs) it's a nice one i i really did like it because there's not a lot because at first i thought it was going to be like needless deaths but it was actually really fun like it was actually well that kind of sounds bad saying that (laughs) it it was a nice anime like because they don't it's also just kind of nice when you know when you don't know what character is going to die. Mm-hmm. Because even... Well, I don't, I can't say that because then it'll ruin it. But yeah, I, you just never know who... I'll just leave it at that. You never know who will die. On that note, let's move on to Resident Evil 7. So this game, I picked up... I picked this up not playing any of the other Resident Evil 7s. So that's... Or, any other of the resident evils i don't fully understand the resident evil universe maybe it's because i haven't played the other games but i don't know if each game is connected in any way 
because it seems like at the end of seven there seems to be some sort of interconnection with a previous game that i just don't understand but with i want to say sorry before no, i didn't mean to cut you off but it's like i know like one through three i believe are connected because those are also the ones you can play at like arcades or whatever but I'm not, I know there's, I think for this series, there's like, it's kind of like Silent Hill almost to where like some people are connected with others, but then there's others which like, kind of like, not a completely different universe, but completely different people. And then those connect to other ones that later on connect to a game. I want to say that's what Resident Evil is like, but I'm like you, I've only played a few of them. So I'm not 100% that sure would, on that. That would make sense because I think some are zombie like games, but this one didn't really take that perspective so i kind of that's what confused me about the universe but this game just knowing only resident evil 7 is an amazing game because you're you're this guy who is looking for his wife that disappeared after going to a house referred to as the baker house i think she was doing some sort of investigation or reporting and in this house you get caught because you find her almost immediately and she's like, let's get out of here. Oh, my God. But then shortly after, she disappears. And you're like, what the hell? Where'd she go? But then she comes back possessed by some sort of maybe ghost or or infection of some sort. Because you can kind of see it in her. Her skin goes gray. And I think her veins are a little blackish. And you just see how like messed up she is. And she tries to kill you. And after this, you get caught by the family that lives here who happen to be cannibals because you're eating fucking they're eating humans in front of you at this dinner table and they just are really messed up in the head and eventually they all like walk away and you break free and this whole game is basically you trying to find your wife and escape these psychopaths but they're not just cannibals because they're also possessed by whatever this is so they're kind of like zombies in a way they're almost like catatonic to where they're just all about eating people and killing but each one has their own unique way of trying to kill you and it really keeps the game fresh as you play through it because once you manage to either kill or escape one of the bosses you gotta move on to the next one because it's a family of four i believe and as you're just going through it's just one thing after another they time jump scares perfectly to where you're running from certain things. You think you're in the clear. You go around a corner. You open this door and all of a sudden, boom, something's there to scare you. And it's and there's twists. There's so many twists within the storyline to where it's like, oh, did not expect it to end that way. That was not something I would have ever thought. And, there, and as you look back at the game, you see these hints at the twist towards the end. You're like, wow, none of this made sense until I knew the ending. And now it's unbelievable how obvious it was. So they add this horror along with this kind of like mystery about what's going on here. And it just blends beautifully. One thing I do like how you kind of mentioned is not only if it's, it's scary in general, but they also kind of add those jump scares in. Because a lot of times games will either just have jump scares or just make you feel unnerving or whatever. But mm-hmm. this one, it seems like it incorporates both of them. Yes, it does. It's absolutely, 
it, it doesn't make the jump scares feel cheap like a lot of games that focus solely on jump scares but then the psychological aspect of the game isn't so draining you're you're being psychologically manipulated and freaked out and then they do these jump scares that just like pull you from reality and you're like holy shit and it resets you and then you go back through the psychological buildup, and then it happens again like it just timed perfectly and then they have all these battles within it so it relieves a little bit of that tension gives you a break from all the scares and the psychological with the fighting to where it's just like refreshing i don't know it's a horror game that's refreshing i've only played like i said i mostly only played like the first three and those are mostly when i go to like the arcades or whatever Mm -hmm. and you can play with a friend and play them Uh, it's funny because at first i didn't realize they actually came out like on console i thought it was just like an arcade game i didn't realize it was actually on console though i do have some experience with the resident evil vr and that can be horrifying i can't imagine a vr game or a horror game in vr i that's just way too immersive and would feel too real and it'd be absolutely terrifying and it's something i absolutely want to do especially when you don't know the controls and you're like so if you never played vr you wear a headset so you only see the direction you're looking it it's really immersive and with resident evil kind of how you mentioned with the jump scares you never know when something's going to happen behind you and so you're looking one way right and then you look another way and there's someone's hand grabbing you (laughs) scares the living shit out of you it reminds me just that description reminds me of ready player one i'm plugging my brother's podcast again uh it reminds me of ready player one when they have the scene in uh the the shining house like when he's looking for the second key and they have to like dance with zombies and they're running through the zo- uh, the, oh, yeah. the shining house and everyone's dying and you just have that scene of all the people in vr just screaming it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious uh ready player one my brother has a podcast episode on a man on a mattress who watches movies and i'm in it so that's that's the important part no but it's a yeah but that's what that reminded me of vr horror games would be absolutely terrifying also really fun (laughs) also really fun so going from resident evil where you're able to fight back to another horror game where you're not allowed to fight back this Kind of goes up with Slenderman, which is Amnesia, A Dark Descent. And pretty much the game is you are a man named Daniel. Good old Daniel. And you must solve puzzles in order to escape this dark and dreary castle, all while avoiding the creatures from within. And that's pretty much it. That's all that happens is you're in a dimly lit castle and you go from like room to room trying to figure out how to get there. It's kind of being in an escape room, but in a video game. And there are just lots and lots of jump scares. It's a pretty fun game. It's like I said, it's kind of like Slenderman where honestly, there's not much. It's not a very long game, but it's more of one of those games where you're like, you know what? I want to play a game in the middle of the night, scare the living bejeebers out of me. 
let's do that because that's always smart <laughs> yeah not to mention like the psychological aspect because they have that sanity meter to where if you're looking at a creature too long your vision starts going blurry you hear a heartbeat and just hearing that heartbeat it's like okay i know you're trying to induce like anxiety into me and it's working so please knock it off <laughs> yeah there's it's this game definitely takes a different route when it comes to horror obviously it does rely heavily on jump scares which i think are fine in its own way because it's very psychological because you're trying to solve all these puzzles while avoiding creatures, these monsters, whatever you want to call them. And then there's jump scares. So the jump scares get you, get your heartbeat running in real life, and then you start to panic. And then that causes you to mess up puzzles, which increases more of your anxiety. And then if something comes up, your anxiety just goes through the roof. So it's like, it's not even a very like scary quote-unquote game because there's not like a lot of monsters or like zombies or anything like it's not like a slasher it's not trying to get you it's almost all psychological mm -hmm. and that's why even though it's a short game and it's not is it it's considered an indie game right yeah yeah it is indie yeah even though it's an indie game it it's keeps a spot in your like always in your mind about this game because what it does do it does it so well that you do want to play but then also when you're playing there are times where like even if you can't figure out a puzzle like i played it and i'll play and i'm just like all right i'm done like i didn't even get mm -hmm. much done but i am so psychologically drained from being so anxious so on edge all the time i'm like i just need a break <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and not to mention just with this game itself the story is kind of interesting because you're kind of they're manipulating you in a way also with the story because every time you pick up a piece of paper it has like a a guy who's narrating for you and he's talking about certain things within the past that are eerily similar to what you just experienced as you're going through or what you're hearing in the next room over so you're almost trying to make connections between this paper and with what you're about to experience and you don't know if that's awaiting you or not so it's it's implanting these ideas into your head and you have no idea if they're actually gonna happen and that was a really cool aspect i almost forgot about the narration yeah the narrator got really that good day. too like yeah he i don't know he just had a good voice for it does add a little bit more to it and also has it's very like i keep saying it's very psychological and it works it works so well like it works on your nerves so much that is it's not there's not much to it but it's just a great game nonetheless and a game that's very similar to that game is outlast both outlast actually but i'm gonna specify outlast one because that was the first one i played i haven't actually beat outlast two because i set it down and forgot about it but they're very similar in like mechanics and stuff. So you're a journalist that decides to investigate this remote psychiatric hospital that's up on this mountain. And upon entering, you kind of discover you got a little more than you bargained for because the patients are basically loose. You start doing a little digging and you're hearing like these weird noises and you see some blood and dead people. 
the patients got loose and as you're going through your investigation you realize they were going through these inhumane experiments so all these people are one they're psychiatric patients so some of them are a little more deranged than others in certain ways not not to say all of them are because there are actually some that are just chilling watching you just just chilling watching tv but you just don't know what you're going to get because these people have been experimented on so you're going through this place and the tension building is great because you'll be going and you'll see situations where you're like that is a jump scare and it almost seems inevitable and then so you're you're slowly creeping up about to walk past the jump scare and you're like really tense you're going past it and then nothing happens and you're like oh all right well that was that was all for nothing okay so you continue your investigation and your nerves have died down everything's fine and then you loop back so you go back to like the main corridor and you're walking past that spot where you thought was a jump scare but you're you're assured it's not a jump scare and as you're going it's boom jump scare and it's like jesus you fucking they built me up tore me down let made me put my wall down and then they did it anyway like these motherfuckers they did it right and not to mention like they have chase scenes and you come face to face with these creatures or these people not creatures because they're they're just very scary looking and big and they're naked half the time which (laughs) really adds to the fear because you're like looking through someone up through a gate and he's just staring at you and his dicks out and you're like oh my god like is this dude coming to run after me like what the fuck and then he does run after you and you're like oh shit like i don't want to get caught so they made an art of this game like it was wonderful i remember one of my moments that last <laughs> let's hear it fucking wheelchair <laughs> You in wheelchairs, man. What do you have against them? I can never... I'm never going to go in a haunted house with a wheelchair person. Like, <laughs> if I see a wheelchair, I'm like, nope, I'm skipping that. I've been scared one too many times by wheelchairs. So I'm going through this hallway. I forget... I don't even... I'm pretty sure it's towards the beginning of the game. I'm going exactly through this hallway. You're talking about. Yeah, it is in the beginning. And... Nothing happened when you first you came by the first time. And then I turn around and I see this dead body in a wheelchair. In my head, I'm like, that motherfucker is going to come up. I know it. I know he's going to come and get me. But in my mind, I'm 100% know this is going to happen. So what do I do? I walk the absolute slowest you can possibly go in that game inching forward like all right come on dude come on i know you're gonna jump scare me come on come on i know it i get about like halfway past them and as you said like oh you let your guard down and then it brings it back up i'm like huh maybe it actually is a dead body and as soon as soon as i let my guard down and take that one extra step (laughs) holy shit did my heart race i'm pretty sure i almost threw the controller at that point even though i was so dead set like this guy's going to move and then i got close to him and i was like huh he's not moving i thought for sure like in the game i'm like i'm close enough to register all right he's not jumping i'm good to go nope nope he motherfucker got me yep 
they really make an art of jump scares and i know a lot of people think jump scares are cheap and i think jump scares are cheap if done incorrectly but they just know how they they just understand how people will react in these situations and they play on that they know how to get you to let your guard down and they know how to make you effectively scared like to the core and they do it really well, and I don't feel like any of the jump scares are really cheap in this game just because of how well they do it. They do horror games really well. It's another one of those blend games where it's all, like, the whole game's scary itself, but then they're mm-hmm. like, here, let's add a little bit more and throw in some jump scares for you. Right. And... Another topic I want to discuss is a little different from both anime and gaming, and that is, it's a webtoon. It's called At CRC Luna's Conspiracy. So the author is actually Meriwether, and if you don't know who that is, they're, I actually don't know if it's one person or multiple people. They have an Instagram account. And they actually have a lot of cool little comics. And I know one popular one is like Ed Lies uh, Stories or something like that. And they kind of, it's like a dark, oh, hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a different twist on some like horror things. What you think is going to happen is the complete opposite of what actually happens. And But without delving too much into it, going back to Luna's Conspiracy, this is more of a suspense thriller than horror, I would say. But it's something I recently got into, and it's a group of kids, Luna, the main character, and then her friends, Jamie, and I think it's Cat. We'll just call it Cat. It's K-A-T-Y-A. How would you pronounce that? K-A-T-Y-A. Y A Katya, Katya. Okay, Katya, and then they later meet up with a girl named Patricia. And Luna's the leader of the conspiracy research club, and it's the whole thing is over Twitter. So the whole story is just tweets, and it sounds weird, but it's honestly I thought it was just going to be a little gimmick thing. And I was like, you know what? I'll read a few chapters just to kind of see what it is. And at first, it kind of starts out more playful. And it's like, oh, they're because they take conspiracy requests. And like one of the first ones they do is, oh, there's been like disappearance or there's been sights of these killer clowns in these woods. So they're like, oh, this is a perfect job for the conspiracy research club. I don't know if it's really considered a conspiracy, but... Going off of that, anyways, they go and investigate, and they end up finding out that these quote-unquote killer clowns are actually, they took over this abandoned amusement park and is making it a haunted, like, attraction now. And so they're kind of doing, like, free publicity and, like, scaring people. Obviously, they never, they never hurt anyone, but they use it because they're like, oh, and they actually gave them tickets. They're like, oh, we're actually opening up next week. And because of this, they end up getting tickets. And then they get another request about hearing strange noises at night in the school. And when they go and investigate it, it ends up being the janitor playing D&D with one of his friends. 
So at first, it's kind of like lighthearted, and you're like, oh, it's kind of funny. And then all of a sudden, it just turns, and it's like a whole, it really is a whole conspiracy thing going on, because there's this, like, they find out these signs that keep saying, the stars are falling, the stars are falling, and you're like, what the hell does this mean? And then they find out there's this, like, black liquid that makes people turn into, like, these zombie-like stay, and then this girl, Patricia, that they were trying to find, when they first meet her, she's being dragged through concrete floor. Literally being, like, hands are coming out of the ground, dragging her down. And then they went under the basement to try to find her, and all the walls have hands, faces, and are, like, trying to grab them and everything. But luckily, their flashlight warns them off. So now all of a sudden, these crazy creatures are starting to pop up. And... They're trying to solve, they're in this village or city, town, whatever you want to call it, called Poppy Valley. And they're trying to solve the mystery of Poppy Valley. Because once they go deeper and deeper trying to figure out what's going on, there's a lot more twists and spins on it. I don't want to say too much because honestly, I want to highly recommend this to you guys to go check it out. And I want... I don't want to ruin it because I thought it was a very lighthearted series and then it kind of just did a 180 and now I'm like hooked on it. I'm waiting every week for it to like get a new chapter and I'm just like, what's going to happen this time? What's going to happen this time? I'm still honestly very confused at what's currently going on that I'm just like, I want to know. So this is a currently ongoing series? Yes, it is still ongoing. Interesting. The, it just sucks because the author, Meriwether, has a lot of projects going out. They update very frequently, but that's because they have, like, 10 projects going out. So this one, I don't know, like, what the priority is with it, but I'm really banking on more uploads to come. I might have to check this out, too. God, quit giving me recommendations. God. It's a nice app because it's literally the Webtoon app. You download it, and the only reason I really got it was honestly to do something at, on breaks at work because mm-hmm. I get 15 minute breaks and 30 minute lunches. And then I was like, I downloaded this and I started reading more freaking Webtoons. And now I'm like, oh. but this you one, got, you went this one's one of my favorites. Well, with that being said, so the final game that i'm going to talk about isn't even actually a game it's a playable teaser to what would have been a game it's very upsetting that it never actually came to fruition so this game is called pt known as playable teaser this the goal of the game is basically to solve these unknown puzzles that were presented in a room in a house that you're in you basically wake up in this small room and you don't know what these puzzles are before you enter the house you'd actually just never truly know until you figure it out so you wake up you enter through a doorway and you're in a hallway of this house and i have to say i don't know if the graphics were just phenomenal because it was such a small game or if they were intending to have graphics this beautiful but it was almost picturesque how good this game was so right there you know you're in a horror game and you're in a one-way path so 
you know where the danger is going to come from. It's going to come from front or behind you. So the tension's already there. So you're just walking through. And you have to kind of discover what these puzzles are. Because you progress through this hallway, you take a left, or you take a right, and then there's another doorway at the end of this hallway. Once you walk through the door, it's a loop. You just continuously loop until you solve what you need to solve. And the biggest portion is like, am I going to solve it before something scares me? And it's a really fun um, playthrough. One second, please. Um, so as you're going through, there is no music, just ambient noise. You're in a house, you hear the boards creaking, you hear your footsteps. I think you can even hear your player breathing. And as you're walking, you'll hear like a baby crying through a baby monitor or even like from the next room over. And you're like, what the fuck? So they use this silence as a buildup. So as you're going, you can't really make any movements without thinking of what horror is about to await you. Every time the room, every time you finish your cycle and solve the mystery, the room changes a little bit. The lights might go dark, they might turn red, a door might be open that wasn't originally open. And it's just like, every time it changes, you're like, oh my god, like something is going to kill me. So as you're going through, eventually you start seeing the ghost that's haunting this house. And it's this woman who looks terrifying. She's like deranged, she's extremely tall, pale in the face, and she's like twitching. And she stands, like, at the end of the hallway, and you're like, oh, my God, like, I, I have to go to the end. How do I avoid this woman? And eventually she disappears. So then your next go through, you're, you see what this creature is now, and you're constantly looking out for her. Sometimes she'll appear in the window and just jump scare you. Sometimes you'll be walking, you'll look up, the st and there's this balcony that you can see the second floor on. And she'll be standing there staring at you, and it's just... It constantly builds up, and it's an absolute mindfuck. And the psychological tension of this game is just perfect. They did almost everything right in this game. The only thing that I didn't like about it is not knowing what your puzzles were, really. Like, it wasn't very obvious, so it was really hard to figure them out in some areas. But everything else, it was just phenomenal. The music, or the lack thereof, and just the psychological buildup got you throughout the entire game it's weird that they were able to do so well with an environment without any music to be honest yeah it was it's just because i think the fact that everything made noise like every walk you did and the, there was a baby crying sometimes there'd be telephones i don't know how they did so well maybe it was because it was such a short game it was only like an hour or two long since it was a teaser so that may have some aspect to it don't know though but i am really disappointed that this game never became a finished project just because it would have been probably the best horror game of the decade probably because it was such a good um, tr trailer and hideo kojima was behind it so he is a fantastic game developer but i'm also glad that it did get canceled because we would have never gotten death stranding otherwise so there is a bright side always a bright side to everything <laughs> but before we kind of end it i do have 
I guess some honorable mentions or some <laughs> a few other things that if you're if you're kind of looking for a little more horror to look into maybe for anime or gaming, a few animes I would recommend is High School of the Dead. It's pretty much a zombie one, but again, it doesn't shy away from gore, blood. So if you're if you're a fan of those animes that aren't shy of killing people, High School of the Dead is a pretty good one. Just uh, just be aware of when you're watching it because there are a few scenes that, if you've seen the memes, you know it. Where it's like when nobody else is in the moon, in the room, and it's like an action scene, and then it's like when someone walks in, and it's like a shower scene or whatever the hell. Uh, there are a few <laughs> moments like that in High School of the Dead. Not a lot, but there are a few. The Future Diary. Have you seen that? I have not seen that. Oh my god, you I feel like you guys would actually like the future diary. The girl's a Yandere. Future diary. Yeah, the girl's a I believe it's pronounced Yandere. And she wants I don't want to go too much into it because I'm just trying to give some recommendations, but it's a it's a good one. It's Mira Nikki or Mira something yeah, like that in Mira uh, Japanese. Nikki. Yeah. I'm seeing it. Literally, Psychopaths. I didn't know that was considered like horror, but Psychopaths is a good one. I actually just recently watched this one last month. I wouldn't consider it horror. It is definitely like thriller dark. and kind of um mystery, but it is dark. Maybe that's why it's probably just because it's dark. Oh, Paula Magi Medico Magica. It, the cover, it's one of those that the cover, look it's about like magical girls, but don't let that fool you. It, <laughs> it actually fits, maybe not necessarily horror, but it's a very dark anime. The cover makes it look bright and cheerful. Like it, you're like, oh, it's magical girls. Yeah. I don't want to say more than that. You should take a look at it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, the cover art definitely makes it seem like it's very happy. Yes. <laughs> But it is not, I guess. It is not. I'm just looking at some of the, through some of the pictures. It is not. <laughs> and one game I kind of want people to get a little love with because there's an event going on too. So if you download it, you can get some in-game items. It's free on PSN. I'm not sure if it is anywhere else. But it's called Let It Die. And it's... It's... Yeah, it's what it says it's you go up this tower of floors and you die constantly get revived and keep going and get better equipment and stuff it's a very fun game i would def- highly recommend it but those are a few of my recommendations for anime in a game yeah so my recommendations so my honorable mentions is dead space that's a pretty good one for oh pretty good jump that. scares in there and it's kind of like a little suspenseful so that's a fun one uh alien isolation is a pretty good one you're playing like it's your classic alien from like your alien series but you're playing on this ship where the alien is running loose killing people and it's one of those horror games where you know what you're facing you know because a lot of times horror games the reason they're scary is you don't know what you're up against it's the fear of the unknown but this one you know exactly what you're up against 
you know you're defenseless and there's nothing you can do about it and it is really good with the like jump scares and just the fact that you're powerless is what makes it really fun and then another honorable mention which kind of is an honorable mention but next week we have the episode about it which is the junji ito collection really good collection of a couple of junji ito's manga series where he just writes about horror and psychological and things like that not all of them are scary per se in the fact of gore or um just fear but sometimes it's like looking deeper into the ideas and it's like oh man that is actually a really scary thought and we'll go deeper into this next week so i won't give too much away today so just check that out and you might be able to hear us talk about some of your favorite episodes from Junji Ito next week that being said i think that's everything and you know where to follow us. You, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Weebspawn. And if you have any questions, concerns, recommendations, or just want to give your opinion on something, feel free to email us at, weep, uh, at Weebspawn at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we Weebspawn.